I wonder if I have an Audible subscription that I don't even know about. Hold on. I don't think you have an Audible subscription. I have I know Audible. you don't think I have one, but you would be surprised that sometimes I'm smart. I actually do. <laughs> Wait. I mean, I could... How could you be paying for Audible if you don't listen? I logged in and then it said start my 30-day trial. <laughs> so oh, I guess I don't. That's why. But wait, can I listen to the... Hold on. Membership. No, I do not have it. Fine. I just wanted to see the channels. Whatever. I could start a subscription with the hope that I would start listening to books. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch! That hurt me! Ouch! Man, that was so dubious! That's like the most dubious and sarcastic you've ever been. You're like, really? (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing. Here is the thing. Damn, that was funny. Hello, Dad. What's up, Elsie? Yay! How you doing? I'm all right. Um, it's a little bit warm. Warm it's raining here, here it's, uh, in these parts. Yeah, Is it? Drizzle. It's the drizzle oh. manizzle. Is that inappropriate? Oh, I don't even know what that is. I think it's. Why would it be inappropriate? Because I think my nizzle is supposed to be like my n-word friend. Oh, for sh- for shizzle, my no- nizzle isn't that mean? Like for sure, my n-word friend. I don't know, dude. Well, if I've offended anyone by saying that, this. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Nizzle is not the same. But yeah, it's raining. It's drizzling. Oh. Now I've already started the show and it's offensive. I feel <laughs> awkward now. Awkward. Who is it? My daughter. Both of my daughters say that. Awkward. awkward. I feel awkward. All the time because of the TV shows that they watch. So, Jess, have you um, played Pokemon no, Go? No, but my kids have been playing it like for two days. Yeah. How, are have your they? kids playing it too? So yeah. my 18 year old is playing it with his, he, the first day, I guess he was playing with his girlfriend who's a couple years younger, not that much. And then, um, today I think he went out with Laura's nine year old and they were playing it. Basically he went out last night to play by himself and he got all the way to the destination and Nintendo servers crashed. He was so pissed. Oh, so he couldn't no. get the instructions to take care of. So Yeah. For those of you who don't have children, basically Nintendo found a way to get nerds outside. And the way that they're doing that is by, I guess, creating destinations in the real world where Pokemon are. You go to the destination and then you can download how to take care of and train your Pokemon. But yeah, so you have to go with your, I guess, phone or device. And he went and then he couldn't access anything. Well, I, I have to say that, you know, I'm into it personally, me. In fact, that just gave me an idea. Like, I haven't checked if there's any Pokemons at, at Grandma's house. Really? I can't even tell you how cool it is to be walking around your house and finding little critters in your house. I find that incredibly appealing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Dude, you can now find you're making po- it sound like they're real. Well, you can find them in your house. Yes, but they're not. All right. What? But you made it sound like uh, you kind of freaked me out because first of all, I have a bug phobia. Uh huh. You're telling me there's critters in my house. I already have a millipede problem just in general because it's Delaware. Yeah, those things are like really They're scary. They're so frightening. And then you're like, there's little critters in my house. It's wonderful. And I just like kind of like almost spit out my soda. 
Well, Pokemon's are cute. No, so they're cute. pretend. They are cute. And they're pretend. They're not they actually. are but pretend. But yes, you can find them in your house. Yes. But it's very nice to see them in your house. And to be able to like get, get them. Go get them. Get them all. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So, and yesterday when we went out, we actually went out and my little, my little one is actually obsessed with it. She really is. She gets, she got incredibly upset last, yesterday over stuff. She started crying because she couldn't get something. I don't know what happened. It was kind of nuts. But then, you know, that was like later in the day. She was low blood sugar, all that stuff. But I was in the library. I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. And I, and I caught two Pokemons in the library all by myself. What? Do you play Pokemon? No, I never have. But how I do really you know like you, this. you're finding them then? Yes, Is I it am an finding app? them. Well, yeah, Pokemon Go. You just put it on your phone, and then you start looking around, and you find Pokemon everywhere. Hold on, now I have to do it. And it's so cute because they're like right there, and they. I'm pop annoyed. Up have... <laughs> I have to do it, but I and have then to you do have it. to throw the ball at them, and then they go, then they, and then you put them away, and then so we're not, you know. I don't really play it seriously because it is a data monster. Like it really does hog a lot of data, but it's so fun to be able to find them. And I just, I got to say that being in the library shows the street where you are and the thing standing in the street. That's so weird. I know. And then when you tap it, it becomes real life. And then it becomes like virtual reality. Like it looks like it looks through your camera and it's how do they do that? And then all of a sudden you have, you see the little guys, they're like moving around and then you try to throw the balls at them. And it's the cutest. Well, I thought it was the cutest thing well, to I'm go inside the library in my office. and catch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then to catch them, it was so fun because I was in the middle of all these books. And then yesterday, there was one Pokemon on top of my computer on the, at, the, at the library. So, But we caught him as well. But it's just Thank fun. God. It's just super fun. <laughs> to do it. And it also tells you like interesting tid- tidbits about the environment that you're in because you run out of balls, right? So you're throwing these balls at the Pokemons and then sometimes you run out of balls and the way that you get more balls I'm is that you have to go. You-, <laughs> you would never run out of balls. Never. Um, never. You would find these like things, right? So you have to like, they're like these like, I don't even know what they look like. They look like. Oh my gosh, I can't even describe it. Like, ugh, I I have no words to describe what these things are. Like a building type thing with a circle on it. And then you tap on it and that is a, like an in the real world structure that usually has a corresponding historical or informative stuff about it, right? So like that, you know, the Carnegie Library that we went to yesterday, it had a little bit of a thing about where it came from. There was like a, like a soldier sort of um, statue out front. And then when you tap it, it gives you information about it. And that's how you get more balls. Like you go, <laughs> you read about it and then you like turn, you turn it, you turn it and it may, you make the, the little circle turn a lot and then it gives you balls. <laughs> I don't need it to give me balls. That sounded so weird. It but but it, it recharges like every five minutes. So you can keep going back to it and getting more balls all the time. <laughs> it's telling me to be, uh, remember to be alert at all times. Stay aware of your surroundings. Okay. Of course, because people are looking down at their phone instead of like oh. looking <laughs> up. <laughs> Got it. That is why. And it's like people, but anyway, I like it. I think it's great. It's making people walk around. And I think you can get more balls by running or something like that. Like if you run out of balls, you have to run and get more. Just run. And I think it's great that it's gotten people to go out into the world. 
Although, you know, I w- we were just commenting like there was an article that came out that that's like a surefire way to get a black man killed. Mm-hmm. There was an article about that mm-hmm. because what you do is like you know, <laughs> you basically are loitering. You're, mm-hmm. you're you're loitering mm-hmm. out in the real world, and if there's like a black man who decides to go out at ten o'clock or eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock at night and start to walk around in circles in a specific location, he just broke down what the possibilities of him getting thrown in jail or killed were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that is totally true because there is. I mean, if you saw, if I saw even like a bunch of like a Latino gang, like outside looking like a bunch of vatos and a, you know a bunch of cholos outside. I'd be like, what are they doing? I don't right? know what those things are. It's so scary. Like Latino gang members, those? basically. Oh, there's a Pokemon on my printer. <laughs> get him, Jess. You have to throw the ball. I got him. Did you get him? Yeah. Good. Now what happened? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's super fun. But now, now I threw the ball. Now it's just stuck. <laughs> now it's pause. There's nothing fun about that. You have to keep on catching them. because How can off. I if my phone freezes? Oh, that's no fun. Yeah. Maybe this if is what freezes, Nate was talking no about. Has that not happened to you? What? No. Well, yes, because I had given uh, my daughter, I gave her the old phone, like one of my old phones that I have to use because I'm not going to give giving her my phone. My phone is like my baby. I'm attached to it. It's like an extra limb. So I can't let her have my phone. And uh, so she's been and it freezes all the time and it sucks. And I'm sorry for her. My other phone hasn't frozen. But anyway, no, but so so that's like a problem, you know, like basically there could be some racial profiling and people could actually go in harm's way by doing going out at different times because people, you know, are messed up and they think that way. Then the other thing is that people are showing up to like the Holocaust Museum or like a cemetery or somewhere that is sacred in some way looking for pokemons and catching pokemons which i couldn't you know i was at the library doing it but i couldn't i could see people like going to a synagogue or a church or something sitting there trying to catch pokemons while there's all this like sacred stuff happening which is kind of inappropriate odd. inappropriate yes and then the other thing is so pe- there's this is the other thing that's been happening with this is that there have been people who have been basically luring people to a specific location to get Pokemons, and then they rob them. That's creepy as shit. I know. So there are all of these other things that go along with a game like this. And mind you, it was just released. But the amount of people that have picked it up is kind of crazy. I personally find it fun, but I am also... And then for women, too, you know, just thinking about it, Catching Pokemons, like if you're like walking around, because I do a lot of walking, a lot of like being in the world kind of thing. And usually when you are walking around the streets or if you go into downtown or it's getting late or whatever, I I have like the extra sensory time, you know, where it's like I have to be incredibly aware of where I am in space, what the people are around me. Because you all, I always have to be looking out for any bad guys or girls that might be coming up and popping out in, in some way. So you have to be aware at all times. And catching Pokemons is going to make your awareness absolutely zilch because all you'll be looking for are Pokemons. So there is that. There's a wild Pidgey on my desk. (laughs) I shit you not. So there. 
I got we got Pokemon. So at this moment in time, we are a level four. We have gotten to level four catching Pokemons. I don't even know what that means. And we even had to like watch videos to learn how to do it because we had no idea what we were doing, all three of us. But I think what's really great is that, you know, my four-year-old, my seven-year-old and myself can actually go out together and play this game. And I'm cool with that. And it's exciting. And it's outside. And we get to look around and we get to learn things. And we're sort of engaged um, in in a different way where it's not me sitting in front of... Because I'm not a gamer. I'm just not. not, I've never have been. I've never been that person. So... It's it's kind of been exciting. I see it's trying to get me to walk down the street. That's so not happening. <laughs> now the app has to go away. Yes, it does. <laughs> and then there's going to be a point where you're going to be like, oh, my God, I have to go across the street to catch that Pokemon. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I can turn it off just like so um, we're going to change it really quick to some of my tool tips. So here we go with the tool tips. Yay. Elsie's tool tips. Oh my god, that was so fun. Okay. It was really fun. So I got um for Elsie's yoga class and for Elsie's yoga cooler, which I guess my website gets a crap ton of SEO, right? Like I have so much clout. I guess. On the I I'm I cannot even tell you. Uh, daily on a daily basis I'm pitched for that thing. And so I had somebody reach out to me about a meditation app that they were thinking like, you know, this would be really great for your audience, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, let me take a look. And actually what it is, and it actually is, I think it's actually, oh, you know what it is? It's called Meditate. Yeah, not Meditate. Not Meditate. And I got confused because when I typed it in, I, I wrote in Meditate with dot me because that's where it is and i'm like that was like a 404 right i'm like what how did this even happen but it's not it's metadate with me dot me no when metadate with dot me is where you go so what this app basically does is that it provides you with like yoga classes and meditation classes and reiki classes that are around town that in case you want to take them Mm -hmm. and it's for ios and android and it's free and I just thought like that was kind of neat because there are times when I have wanted to find a, like a class around and I don't know where to go, especially if like, let's say, let's pretend, let's pretend people. I was at Podcast Movement and I decided I wanted to go to some kind of meditation class. I would have been able to go to one if I would have had the app. And I believe teachers can actually do it, too. So if you have a class or something, you can upload it. And you can have chats with your friends and stuff. So I think that's a great thing to have if you are into that stuff. And actually, you know what? I did have a podcaster reach out to me about about that. He emailed me and he said, hey, I got into yoga and I thought, can you tell me or do you know any yoga teachers or yet any yoga app, uh, yoga studios in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> why would, but now I could just send I? them to them because I have yoga teacher friends all over the place. I mean, I, in L.A., I know lots of people. I do know a lot of yeah, teachers yeah, in different yeah. parts of the country. But meditate with dot me would be your so i just thought i'd share that because that person reached out to me and i was like well dude i'm not doing this but i'm doing this if you're interested in this stuff i'm happy to mention your thing imajigger i know how hard it is to to get anybody to pay attention to your apps it's just like it's not pokemon go nothing is like pokemon go that's like a unique thing 
That's sort of like Pokemon Go is kind of like the cereal of Apple, of like apps. Yeah. So at the moment, anyway. At the moment, exactly. And so everybody's kind of waiting for something else. But, okay, so we have a little bit of feedback this time. We have some voice feedback from Jessica Rhodes. Because, Jessica, dude, you so surprised me. You know, we released our episode at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. No, she had given us feedback by, like, 8. I know. And the episode was an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. So we have uh, Jessica Rhodes is giving us some feedback about her experience from Podcast Movement. Hi, Elsie and Jess. This is Jessica Rhodes from Interview Connections. And I just listened to your episode where you debriefed Podcast Movement. Um, I thought it was great. And and what better way to record a debrief than in bed with each other? Um, <laughs> I wanted to give my feedback as a sponsor of Podcast Movement. I had an eight-foot booth. And I, I didn't go to Podcast Movement last year because I had a baby last summer. But I went the first year. And I have to say that I was... I could not be more thrilled with this event uh, from a business perspective. If if you have a business where you're serving podcasters in any way, or even business owners and um, for you know marketing, I really highly recommend investing in a booth. I more than doubled my return on investment just at the conference. I thought it was very interesting how I kind of talked to a ton of people. There were a whole range of podcasters, from brand new podcasters to experienced podcasters to people just getting started across business podcasts to hobby podcast. Just such a great range from the first year when people thought that it was too businessy. I think the attendees are just so uh, diverse, um, at least in the the category of their uh, shows and iTunes is diverse. So I was thrilled with it. I really can't wait till next year. And um, it was a great, very entertaining debrief episode. So thanks, ladies. Talk to you soon. Yay. That was nice. That was very sweet. And how awesome does she sound? Awesome. I don't even, she, I, I don't even, she, you know, she sent that via SpeakPipe. And so I'm assuming that it must have been SpeakPipe on her computer because she sounds like she's on her high LPR 40 because that's what she uses at the moment because she's fancy like that. But yeah, so the experience as a vendor, Jess, are you sad now that you didn't get a booth? Yeah. Yeah. I should have got a booth. You did debate on that for a while. I'm going to, I'll probably have one next year. I wasn't ready this year. You know, I just launched this Fushthunkana agency in February or March. So it's June, it's July. And I, I mean, you know, there's no way I could have, I mean, affording to go is the key. (laughs) No, you're (laughs) right. You're right. Totally. Next year I'll be able to afford a booth. And I'm looking forward to that. I got, I, yeah, I saw lots of clients, so I was happy. But next year I would like to have a booth just because it's easier to explain, meet other people. I mean, it's just easier to be on the floor. It wasn't easier. I didn't get a good feel of the conference because I wasn't really there a lot. And that made me sad. Yeah, it was. It seemed like there was a, there were a lot more vendors there. I, I think that if I were to request, if I had a request for vendors to come, and I'm not sure if those vendors are listening to our show, actually, but what I would like to see more of is the gear, the tech stuff. Like, I want to see um, vendors who are, like, I know Ringer was there, which is uh, obviously like a software sort of app for iOS as well as the computers and whatnot. But they are also, um, and then there were Samsung was there, and I think Shure Microphones were there. But I feel that we really need to have more of that mm-hmm, happening mm-hmm. because I want to have a balance between people who are offering services to podcasters People who are supporting them in different ways like Jessica Rhodes has her business and and it's all about like making 
interviews, inter- interview connections and whatnot. We have vendors like Podbean and Libsyn and and Blueberry and all those that are the hosts that do that kind of stuff. Podcast websites who do all like all the other, like everything together kind of in one thing. But I kind of also want to see the tech stuff. I want to see vendors who can, who are more about product because I want to touch that stuff. (laughs) Like I want to see the microphones. I want to be able to check those out. It's the coolest thing to see that stuff. So if I had a, a, a dream for more vendors, it would be, that they're like that. Aweber was there. I thought that that was a good move. Mailchimp should definitely show up as well and see how they can serve podcasters. But anyway, go ahead and change the subject. So yesterday, most of you, if you're on our email list, may have gotten an email from the name N E R Y Neary Music for Podcast. And oh well, yeah, just so you know, that person scraped our directory. And sent it to everyone because when you go to unsubscribe from that list, it says about she podcasts, she podcasts, unsubscribe successful, which means that basically he scraped the list from our directory and then emailed everyone in it. And so I was, I mean, I got the email, but then Kate Sitka sent me a note saying, hey, this person, it looked like the person was claiming to be, when you go to unsubscribe and it says she podcasts and that's not you, it's kind of creepy. So I was just like, I wrote him and I said, excuse me, where'd you get this email? How did you get this from She Podcast? It's not public information. You're spamming this list. He said, I'm sorry if the email annoyed you. I unsubscribed you. (laughs) So I wrote back and said, it's not your directory. It's not okay for you to scrape it and email people. In fact, it's against the law. You need people to sign up in order to market to them. Not only that, but the directory belongs to me. It's my website. Those names opted in to be included into my directory, not your email list. And when it goes to unsubscribe, it says she podcasts. How dare you take those emails and pretend to be she podcasts? You have no right to do that. You better delete every single email you scrape from there or I'm going to report you to every email provider there is. Boom. And guess what? I was having a conversation with this person as well, who is Portuguese, by the you way. You did? You wrote him back too? We separately well, I was, gave him hell? No, no, no. Because I was actually, because I thought he, he emailed the feed because I hadn't gotten the other email yet. So I thought he emailed the feed. And when people send stuff to the feed all the time. So basically what I said is like, oh, oh, that's an interesting service. I think our people would be interested in that. I honestly didn't think, like I didn't try to unsubscribe because I didn't think I was part of a list. I thought he was just reaching out to the feed. He scraped our directory. So then I emailed him back and I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. If you want to reach our audience, why don't you send us some voice feedback? This is before Kate emailed us. Okay? Right, this happened right. This is, happened before Kate emailed us. Right. So I'm like, why don't you send us some feedback? So he emailed me back and he said, thank you for your reply. I'm Brazilian and not so good in spoken English. I'll ask one of our USA composers to record a voice feedback and I should send you one in a day or so. And I was like, okay, whatever. So then afterwards, he did send it. So then he sent me. So then Kate's email came in and I was like, oh, my God. I just was like making friends with this dude that totally scraped our list. I had no idea that she, he did that because I, I didn't think either. I, was, I didn't think anything of it. I know. And so then all of a sudden I'm like, so he sends me this an, an email, like a, a, a voice feedback that he sent. Right. He said, please find attached a short voice message describing music for podcast dot com and also offering a discount for the feed listeners. Please let me know what you think. Thank Jesus you very much. Christ. And so I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is a great. I honestly think it's a great service for podcasters. I mean, right? Yeah, it probably is. So, but don't okay, scrape but, our directory. Exactly. So then afterwards, I said, 
thank you so much. I'm going to play it on the next episode. Also, FYI, I also co-run She Podcast, the community and podcast, and some of our ladies have complained that we're getting emails from you and they had not opted into your list. That doesn't bode well with podcasters and they might mark you as spam if you'll end up losing more than oh, gaining. Oh, I was going to suggest plus, that everyone mark him as spam now. Right. <laughs> And so then, yeah, so then I go, please consider reaching out to podcast communities or groups and asking them to opt in rather than just adding them. Have a great day. And that's what I said. Now he answered back. This is great, Elsie. Thank you so much. Very happy to appear on the feed. Then he says, about she podcasts. Yes, you are right. I made a beginner's mistake in online marketing or a series of beginner's mistakes. Yeah, I should say Jessica contacted me yesterday angry with me and with a fair reason. I apologize to her and I extend my apologies to you. Thank you, Mary. So hopefully... I love how you're making friends at the same time I'm making enemies. (laughs) Mommy and daddy. (laughs) (laughs) that's such a sexist thing to say i shouldn't even say that but like it does kind of feel like that like oh i'll see let me see how i can do this in a nice and friendly way and jessica's like fuck you and the horse you rode in on like i'm so you know i wouldn't and i would have been a little bit harsher if i wouldn't have already started making friends with him that's probably you know because i thought like I honestly thought That's the service point. was cool. Like I didn't. I also didn't think it was. I was part of a a list. I just thought he sent an email to the feed. I wouldn't have which, known either. But someone tried to unsubscribe and saw our name at the top. That's right. how it happened. It was, yeah. totally and so and that's Sneak-ish, i didn't even sneaky. notice that i had no idea and then that's why i would have not I, and of course and then i thought like why did he like since he was sending it to the feed the feed isn't necessarily a woman podcast like it's not i don't see it as part of the she podcast directory but then after i thought about it i'm like duh i put it in there because i co-host the show and i added myself Mm -hmm. so that's why it was part of of that as well so anyway i just thought that was like weird and silly and and, yeah so Mm -hmm. then there's that so we're gonna get a little bit into some more feedback here that we have from taylor bradford and she's talking, she's schooling us a little bit about Texas, dude. Again, I did not feel like this is podcaster related, but Taylor, I'm going to give you a bone. All right. <laughs> Dallas people don't care. Fort Worth people do because we're not Dallas. For the record, PM15 was in Fort Worth, not Dallas. They call it Dallas because it's more recognizable. But before that, it wasn't. So like 14 was in Dallas. 15 was yeah, in 14 Fort was Worth. In it. That's Fort right. Worth has an amazing zoo, Six Flags, Hurricane Harbor, and is in close by Arlington. Here's a post that gives some things to do. I'm definitely not putting that link, but you can do it in the show notes. But it's Movoto or whatever. The party last year in Fort Worth was in the stockyards. It wasn't even really in the stockyards. So you completely missed out on that experience. Yeah. I know. The stockyards are really cool and part of Fort Worth's history, but I have to agree that Omni was really on the southern side of downtown, so you didn't really get a chance to enjoy Sundance Square and everything that goes on at Fort Worth. Don't mess with Texas. That's what this email means to me. Sorry, Taylor. Right. Don't mess with Texas. So, so we sorry. I, I just I just thought we didn't really clarify uh, is all. We sorry. got them confused. They were both in Texas. It didn't really... Like you need to get now, it. John. Totally you need understand. to play the "I'm sorry, so <laughs> sorry." If you can find that song, I'm sorry, so sorry. But still, we didn't really have a chance to experience any of that, nor even learn that for ourselves. Yeah. And we didn't have Pokemon Go, so we didn't. Right. We couldn't go find out about Fort Worth via Pokemon Go, which. Because they would have told us. Right. 
So we are moving into some news now. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. <laughs> you like that? It's kind of fun to hear it as we're going. It's I know. I love that. Okay, so Audible Channels. Jess, what do you have to say about Audible Channels? Can you give us a little a little background to what that is? Audible Channels is Amazon's way of creating both original content for Amazon slash Audible and hiring, I guess, people to do so. And then they are making it a part. It's a subscription. So like if you already have an audible.com account, you will automatically get the channels and all the audio shows that come with it. However, if you are not part of Audible, you can pay just for the channels for four ninety five a month. And so basically, it's like podcasting behind a paywall, which is a smart way of monetizing it if you are Amazon. I don't think that the rest of us would be able to fucking get away with this. <laughs> That's what I think. And it's not about getting mm. away with it. But okay, so do you remember a year and a half or so ago when we were talking about Ramit Sethi? And he was saying how yes. like he wouldn't podcast unless he had made people pay for it. And we were like, who the fuck do you think you are? No one pays for a podcast. Fuck you. Well, right, this right, is right, sort of right, how right, I feel right, about right. that, except it's not Ramit Sethi. It's Amazon. And they can make people pay for it because they are getting really good and original like stuff. And they're getting comedians and news people and, you know, like real people to like do their shows and not just remit and his giant ego as co-hosts <laughs> that right. made me giggle sorry and so um so yeah so i mean i i think for them it's a good idea it certainly does make the rest of us kind of like go on pause to see how it works out for them like is it going to tank is it going to do well should everyone do this it would be amazing actually for the rest of us if npr and wnyc followed suit because then they would be on their own little planet and we could have our own little planet back. Like, oh. wouldn't it be great if you could like sign up? Oh, I, that's a great way to spin it. Sign up for Audible. I also joined WNYC's. I also subscribed to Panoply's. By the way, I have Slate for five. Each one's like $5. They're ending up paying $50 a month or they could listen to Jess and Elsie for free. For free. Yeah. Oh, that's Suka great. So now. Oh, my yeah. God. That's perfect. So anyway, it's just a You'll, thought, just a yeah. thought. So, yeah. And, and you know, Eric Newsom is, is He's saying. He's the CEO just because not everyone knows podcast yeah, uh, jargon. <laughs> right. It's He's got a very he's had a lot of a wealthy, not wealthy, a nice, beautiful career in audio where he's been doing great things for radio programming and public media. And he has recently just moved over to Audible and he. He really, really believes in this idea around channels where he is is basically trying to disseminate the word podcast and kind of remove it completely from from what they are creating to focus more on basically digital audio and then brand it in a completely different way so that it it doesn't really have the podcast anything attached to it, which is why these things are called channels. And he is, in a sense, in a way, trying to create something that goes along, it's more along the lines of Netflix, where there is, you know, Netflix has their own original content that they're creating. They're also pulling certain content into 
their the sphere in there. You know, they're they're creating partnerships with other distributors so that they are then streamed there. And then you pay a certain amount of money and you get the ability to get these podcasts delivered to you. Now I get that, but at the same time, I guess checking these out, it's a, it's a variety of different things that are being offered. I tried to listen to a few of them, and there's interesting stuff like if you don't really have time to read like the New York Times or read other websites, you can, in essence, subscribe to that channel, and then you will have a, a professional narrator, a professional reader or voiceover artist read you the articles that you don't have a chance to read. Right. That's yeah. cool. There there are other services that yeah. do that. That's yeah. neat. It does sound like they're reading. I mean, that's what it, they actually have a whole thing about. It's called women, woman. It's hashtag woman power Wednesday. And they have articles from USA Today, the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, the narrators. I don't know what that is. And they have like, you know, here are the articles. Serena Williams wants respect for women's tennis. How Wall Street Journal Bro Talk keeps women down. A new discovery sheds light on ancient Egypt's most successful something or other because it's I'm just looking at the titles. And so I can understand it's basically a curation of the best articles about women in this in a space. And instead of reading them all, you can listen to them all, which I think is a good idea. You know, that's that's cool. Um, and I don't think that they really have RSS. Mm -hmm as part of the equation. So it's not like somebody can go, Hey, I want to get this woman power Wednesday feed and add it to my feed catcher of choice, my podcast catcher of choice and listen to these things. So I understand why that would be interesting for channels. They're also doing like they have uh, audible original. They have one called authorized. It says Ash, uh, Ashley Ford chats with authors about their first drafts, rejections, and even lovers or loves, not lovers. <laughs> Loves. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. That was me talking. Um, <laughs> there was another one called Breasts Abound. And this one is Florence Williams. <laughs> no. That was a good one. John made a funny, huh? Oh, my God. All right. So Florence Williams examines the fascinating and unexpected life of the human breast in this Audible original series coming soon. There's a pilot episode. Um, and it says like it's it's like 55 years of breast implants. That's the title of the episode. And it's basically talking about that. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm intrigued by that. I actually want to listen to that one. Yeah. It seems kind of interesting to have a whole podcast about human breasts. Like because there's the breastfeeding, uh, you know, podcast. Like there's so many there's there's a lot of those that I know about, but not about the actual breast, like just talking about boobs. Yeah, so, I mean... And the history. You think they'll get tired of talking about boobs? Well, I'm sure it's not going to go on forever. See, that's the other thing with these channels. It's like, I don't think that they're like, you know how she podcast will... It's forever. <laughs> <laughs> Till we both die. Till we both yes. die. We're going to be like, oh, hi, Jess. What's up, Elsa? So glad to have you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Ah, don't make me laugh. I'm going to pee in my... <laughs> Elsie made me laugh so hard my teeth fell out. <laughs> so they have all of these uh, things. So, so it's really cool. But they also have additions like Alec Baldwin's podcast, Here's the Thing. 
it's been mm-hmm. added to this as well. So, and there's a um, Savage. It's not Savage Love actually, but it's it's Dan Savage has I guess a, a new podcast. It's called Hot Mike. Okay. Um, and so he is doing live storytelling about sex and relationships on here, which is I guess unique to this. So there are some interesting things about it. I tried a couple of times, but usually I go to Audible at least at this moment to listen to audiobooks, and I haven't really. I try. I tested it out because I was like, I want to give this a go. I want to see like how is this gonna. I like to listen to audio, so I just listened to science articles read to me. Of course, mm-hmm. I would. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but, but I just don't know about the positioning of like, this is going to, I don't know. You know what? Who knows? W- w- let's discuss this a year from today and okay. see I'm how Audible Channels is doing. Yes. Put it down and see how Audible Channels is going and how they have single-handedly opened up the audio distribution space and made it something way more than mm-hmm. podcasts. Let's Let's. see. I don't know. Uh, Oh, but the thing is around this, like the articles that have been coming out are all about Amazon because Amazon is the parent company of Audible. Amazon is making you pay for podcasts. Like that's the that's the title. And I thought, oh, my God, when I read that, I was like, what's happening? And then I looked, oh, it's just the channels thing. (laughs) Maybe I should have been more. (laughs) I don't know. But whatever. I just. Yeah. I don't know if you're if you're an Audible right. subscriber. At least at this moment, you get them anyway. So I guess I'm paying for podcasts. I guess right now that's you are crazy pants. Yo. All right. So then we have a mighty conversation happening in the She Podcast group about again procasters versus podcasters, and this has about Anna Sales keynote. Did you hear it? Oh no, I asked you, and you said you did not. No, I did not. Yeah. Uh, so, but I yes. certainly have heard about the backlash. I know. I was kind of surprised. Were you? Kind of. No, because everybody's outraged about something. So That's no. True. But uh, I feel like it's not as big of a deal as everyone's making it. Yeah, me neither. And me neither. I think I- it's not fair for people to get angry about something they didn't hear. Exactly. I think that that's the key. That's absolutely the key. And like, I didn't hear it, but that said, wait, I'm trying to find the post from yeah, last so night. So while I'm just going to, while you look, yeah, and while you podcasts. look for it, it keeps coming up on my feed here. Hold on. I'll just, while, it does. Um, okay. Maybe that's I will kind of give a, the gist of it. So I actually, I watched about half of it. And the only, and again, guys, the only reason I didn't stay for the whole thing is because I honestly felt compelled to be going to the Libsyn booth because it was busy the whole time. So I had to do my job. Mm-hmm. And so I would sneak in and I'd check out the keynotes for a little bit. I, I would kind of get the gist of it and then I would go back. Right. So I did. And I, and I thought everything she was saying, actually, I had just met with a client with, I had just met with a client and I had been talking to her about community. And that's really what she was talking about when I walked, when I walked into this specific keynote. And I thought she was right on talking about the specific things that I talked to my client about anyway. 
very interesting stuff about community and and bringing them together and the human element and having conversations back and forth with your community and the kind of feedback that they were getting because feedback I think is key to driving a community the way that we do at this moment and I was like I was inspired because she was saying what I already said <laughs> so I'm like see she even says it and I guess my complaint about that when she was when I was listening to all this stuff was like she has a lot of resources that we as podcasters do not it takes a lot for people to send feedback to us it takes a lot for people to take feedback to us and then they were getting like hordes of feedback sent to them so i was just thinking like maybe she should have addressed i left so i didn't get any of this and what i thought was like maybe she should have addressed how to start to get feedback or this community element with with a with a podcast that does not have the resources that they do so that's basically my complaint was based on that and then I left. And then, did, have you found the the thing that was posted on She Podcast? Okay. Oh, and yeah. then this yeah, is yeah, what yeah, was yeah, yeah. put on She Podcasts. Well, well, the first person who posted basically just said, I heard a couple men talking about it. I wasn't able to attend. This is the first I heard about it. Did she really compare her professionally produced podcast to a hospital birth and a hobby podcast as a home birth? And then people started going, wow. Yes, she did. Yes, yes, yes. And then the original poster said, is there any context? And Andrea Clunder said, um, of course, she was answering someone's question. I think a single mom asked what advice she had for someone who doesn't have a team budget network to help produce her show. And she said she didn't have any experience with that. That is indeed a stupid question to ask someone who works for a studio. But yeah, anyway, what advice do you have for someone who does the exact opposite of what you do? Uh, I don't know. Duh. Anyway, sorry, I'm going to. I'm done. Um, but she did make that analogy. It was an extension of how potty, starting a podcast is like having a baby. And then someone else wrote, that's a terrible analogy. And then Kathy Kelly said the hospital versus home birth didn't come up until the question about the team. She made the analogy off the cuff. She frankly acknowledged the fact that independent podcasters don't have the same resources. And then Carol Sanning said right now, and I remember why people are so fussy about this. If you were there, you would have understood. And then someone else wrote um, her whole talk was about how it was like having a baby because she just had one like five weeks ago. And then someone else wrote, as an activist in maternal health and knowing the high mortality rate of women during labor at hospitals here in the U.S., I take serious offense in this analogy. Right. And I, well, I and know, then, it's like, <laughs> sorry. I know, on, I know. Though, and I understand. Honey. I mean, I understand. Come what on. I under, see, this is, this is why I was like, oh my God. Like, at first I thought like, it's just. Everyone who was there is sticking totally. up for this woman. And everyone who wasn't there are the people who are annoyed about it. Like. Like Tina Dietz was like, I see where she was going. She just clearly has never either had an independently produced podcast or a home birth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably and, and true. I, and, and I completely understand. <laughs> and then that's what, like, when I commented, you know, I commented and said that, you know, uh, birth, birth as itself is a really hot topic. It is not something that you can easily talk about in a public setting without somebody having some serious judgment around any choice that you have. Whether it's because you decided you want to have an epidural right away and you don't really care or whether you decide you want to have your home, a home birth, and, and you don't even want to have a midwife with you. You just kind of want to birth yourself, you know, like, which is that yeah, like right. everybody's going to go like, how can you do that? The baby, but you know, and it's like, there's other people. I mean, with every little thing about birth, you are f- you are fighting for what you believe in with birth already. And regardless of whatever choice you make, whether it's totally fully, you know, hospital or totally fully 
in quotes, natural, because birth is natural as a whole. But if let's say you want to do something different, you are going to encounter conflict and you're going to have to stand up for yourself the entire time. And so it's already yeah. so loaded that you cannot make a like it's not something. The only thing I think we all agree on, possibly as women, is that it it's a powerful experience. <laughs> you know, we can all say yeah. like, well, that was a doozy. Right. In some way. Shape, or yeah. Form. Right. <laughs> but other than that, I don't think it's like we can't all be the same. And so I don't know. And see, when I was admired, like, well, I was floored by after, you know, I went in this, I was just like, you know, <clears throat> I did a little bit of research, of course. And I found out, dude, she had just had her baby, I think, June 5th or June 8th by C-section. Yeah. Which means. Yeah. yeah. Which is painful just, and horrible yeah, and, I, yeah. and scary. Whether you, whether yeah. you, uh, what's the word? Right. And then she not, would, but scary. still, I mean, she's recovering from surgery and this is her and she's doing a keynote. And usually you get like six, mm-hmm. at six weeks is basically what they give you after, after that to, to, to start to do your own, you know, to t- start your own, your own thing. I had a C-section. I had an emergency C-section for mm-hmm. my first baby. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're recovering from somebody cutting you open. Honestly. So it's like, hello. Yeah. She was giving a keynote in, I don't know. I was just thinking like, could you imagine like walking around that space and having people give you hugs and stuff and you're nursing literally uh, somebody just like sewed, sewed you up on your belly. Actually I can because boys have a circumcision eight days Uh after the birth and it's really not that fun to host 150 people at your house and order deli and, and yeah, figure out iced tea when you're basically like, still sitting on like hospital yeah. you yeah. know diapers that they give you i know it's terrible so yeah i felt for her and i mean I, again i didn't see her i didn't care to see about her keynote but i mean i don't think i think she has a very valid point it is exactly like that in a hot you cannot you know you can't just be a doula self-teach um, no matter how much information you listen, it's the same as being a doctor. No matter how many Harvard podcasts you listen to, how many medical journals you read, you can't fucking be a doctor unless you go to medical school. You also can't work at WNYC or any radio show unless you have some kind of education exactly. in broadcasting. Exactly. Why is this different? And- this is no different. That's right. What she said was exactly. spot on. No, you're right, and it's like, and it's kind of true because you do have to. It's it's based. <laughs> And right. it's, it's not based on, and this is the fight that we have as podcasters that we are so over yes. and over. In fact, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm a little getting to a little tired of explaining. Yeah, it, to but be see, honest. here's the thing too. It's like there's a difference, right? In, be a doula. In, exactly. Except no, but what I'm life. saying is that as podcasters here, <laughs> like right now, what we are, we are giving birth, like in in a in to our babies, right? To this specific. Uh, which is exactly what she was saying to to our to our voices in this way, but there is an element to birthing that it has nothing to do with higher education, if you will, to the way that it's set up at um, you know like to be a doctor, right? To learn to to be a, a proper doctor, you go to a university, you do your years, you do your internships, you do your work, you work, and these are the things that you do versus possibly doing something like being a type of healer, 
uh, shaman of sorts, right? Where you kind of, in, you're an intuitive medical person and you can kind of get the gist of, of how other people are, um, you know, living their life and maybe make adjustments or give people advice based on like this other type of intuitive real life situations, which are people out there, like the alternative healer type people. It's, both of these are valid, but they're completely different. And so one of them has to do with that intuitive aspect of it. And I think that we as independent podcasters tend to to do that more. We're more intuitive. We do it our way. We kind of break the, you know, we break things, we not break things, but we break boundaries. We try to do things in a different way. We don't care about maybe audio as much as as much as these people are talking about. There is a specific way. You can't do that as a doctor. You know what I mean? It is annoying. And I mean, yeah. I don't mean to say that I'm annoyed by our wonderful community. No, of course not. I'm no, and saying- it's not that. It's not that at all. I think it's a uh, it's it's a trigger, but it's a trigger conversation too, Jess. You know, I mean, if you were, I could understand, I could understand that. You know what it made me think about was how many times this has happened and currently is happening in our culture where somebody gets the information from somebody else and they mm-hmm. go off on that, on that one mm-hmm. thing. She said, what? I can't believe it. And then all of a sudden... There's this all of this negative sort of hateful I, and feelings happening on the other end of things. Whereas really, if you had been present and if you had been engaged in real life at that moment, that would not have in any way, shape or form had the same charge as heard from secondhand. And I think that right now as a society, we, because information travels so fast, we can't get all of it. We just get a snippet. And that's what, that's actually what media thrives on. Being able Mm -hmm. to just, I mean, that could literally be, we, you know, that could be something somebody could run with that specific snippet. Anna Sale said, and then just quote her and then totally go off on that. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And the, the, the truth of the matter is that that's not really what happened because it's from secondhand understanding. And then, the, you know, the people are going to come in and go like, well, that I take offense to that because I'm X, Y, and Z, and this is what matters to me and blah, blah, blah. But that really doesn't matter because that wasn't part of the initial part of the conversation. Yeah. So it's kind of just sad. I just feel she did a great job. I enjoyed watching her. Hats off to her to know that she was... She had just had a baby at home and, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what I would have said if I would have been up there too. Your brain doesn't work properly. You can barely figure like somebody's sucking off your life off of you. Somebody's eating off of your body at that time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's okay. enough. I think I have to change the subject now. That made me a little nauseous. <laughs> um, so uh, let me see. What do we have here? Because I have a, a thing that just came and I can't go to our Trello page because... Why does this happen? It's the most annoying thing. All right. So what radio thought about podcast movement? You said that. What radio thought about podcast movement? You, it's, you said that that made you a little sick or something when you read that. C- continuing yes. on the sick scenario that you were just experiencing. While you're sick. While you're feeling ill. 
Um, so I'm not going to say that there's a good reason why it made me nauseous or that I even know consciously what it is. Some of the things made me really happy. So, so the comments that made me really happy were, um, Buzz Knight from Greater Media said, um, I love being a first timer. The energy and exuberance reminded me of my visit to Consumer Electronics Show. Um, Kevin Smith summed it up by my summed up my takeaway by saying podcasting is a medium built on self-expression and passion. Go risk something and create. I loved that. Mm. And his whole message was really like that. Um, Mike O'Malley from uh, all. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Carrie Hoffman said. Because the gatherings across section from public media, commercial media, independence, best practices can be generously shared. I found I find value in learning from people and businesses I don't know yet, which I thought was great. Um, and then she said, it's exposed our uh, – this is public radio exchange, by the way, PRX, and she's a CEO. Um, PM has exposed our organization to the larger world, exciting trends, existing hurdles. The conference is large. Over time, the lack of attendee segmentation will create a programming challenge. That kind of made me nervous a little bit. I don't know why. Hmm. And then um, the guy under her um, said – uh, talent and opportunity. We often find talent in the radio pool. Meanwhile, the podcasting waters are very rich with the type of enthusiastic storytellers we're looking for. So I love that he admitted that, hey, maybe we're not looking in the right place or places. Um, second, monetization opportunities go well beyond pre, mid, and post role. Thinking differently about scale opens up a world of monetization possibilities. That made me panic a little bit. Why? Because I already know that there's a world of monetization opportunities, but as someone who tries to um, encourage podcasters to do that already, like if there was like, say, 20 more overnight, I might have to blow my brains out trying to figure out how to manage and navigate it all and then explain it to other people. It just made me, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like once upon a time, I was an expert at how to do Facebook ads and get 50 cents a lead. And then it all changed and then I had to let it go because I couldn't keep up with it. And I mean, it wasn't my first interest, but also I couldn't keep up with it. Now I have no idea how to do a Facebook ad properly. So there you have it. Um, um, Tom Bernard K. Uh, QRS Morning Show said, podcasting is a great way to fuel consumption and on-demand content. In terms of terrestrial radio, it's another way to promote your brand, grow your platform, and has a big upside for radio companies leveraging their top talent. That made me a little unhappy too. Because now, not only is podcasting open and free to all the podcasters and the larger radio connections, but now every putz on a radio show is going to now need a podcast. Like, that just sounds exhausting to wade through. Every city in every state, he's telling them podcasting is another way to promote your brand, grow your platform, has a big upside for you. So that's right, Delaware. WJBR, well, why don't you have a podcast yet? Well, I think that, you know, the problem with that is, though, is that, well, it's not, a, it's not necessarily a problem of the content. It's a problem of distribution and consumption because, you know, when we went to Chicago, we were, obviously, we were driving. We drove our kidnapper van to Chicago. So as we were going through, we were switching we were switching radio stations. We don't, you know, when I listen to my podcast, I listen to podcasts. Like we, we don't, at this moment, we, in, in the consumption that happens, the girls like to listen to basically pop music. They like to listen to stuff that's on the radio. So we put the stuff on the radio and we always find the, the station 
as we're driving through. But there's no way to do that with podcasts, even even if it was, let's say, a music podcast, or maybe it was something that the girls would like as we're moving from one place to the next. And we want to really align with the pulse of that specific city or that specific state. There's no way to find that. Like we would have to do that beforehand. Like, let's find a podcast that's about Chicago music or it's about Chicago's, you know, maybe it's Chicago radio stations have a podcast. Like, that's not something I think about, nor do I go look for it. I can understand why it's valuable for people in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. consumption. But anyway. Yeah, yes. yeah, totally. So, mm. otherwise, though, it seems like there's a lot of, of conversation. Like, the, the only thing that I that I have to say, and, and honestly, I'm not sure or if this was true or not, because again, I was at the Lipson booth the entire time talking to people that were coming to the booth. So I didn't have an opportunity to attend sessions. I didn't have an opportunity to see where the sessions were held, um, nor any, nor even to mingle. Like I walked on the show floor a little bit and kind of checked out the vendors for a little bit. So that was kind of fun. I wish I would have had more time to do that. But what I didn't have the opportunity to do was to really see where everybody was hanging out. And this is purely perception, which may or may not have been true for me. When you came down to the show floor, there were some bigger um, like places for presentations right as you came down the stairs there were like the larger sort of atrium looking rooms right towards the front part and then you kept walking and then once you kept walking there was like the really large stage and there were the vendors and then it looked like there were smaller rooms in that area what I seem to glean and this may or may not have been true is that the radio presenters were all in those first rooms right at the beginning when you first came down the stairs right there, that's where like all of the radio people were set to do their stuff. And that's also where all of the radio people hung out, like all up against the wall right there. I don't even know if they walked to the other part. Right. So I was like, so this is a separate thing then. So, okay. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. So it seemed to me that there was already a separation even happening within that, but then I'm I'm actually not quite sure. And somebody somebody in here um was talking about that if this if this and I'm not even sure who said this, if this continues, there is going to be a point when there's gonna have to be tracks that are gonna be made because because of the level of people that are coming to present. So what I'm starting to sense is that there is going to be a very specific shift in like, this is the radio track. This is the, you know, indie podcaster track. This is the sponsorship. Didn't they sort of have tracks this time? I'm not sure that they did. I think... Let me look. Hold on. I think... I feel like they're... Well, everything was color coordinated and I know that the money stuff was that's green. True, that's true. So I feel like there was tracks on some level. The, uh, yes, but they like, were. I did hear a couple people suggest that instead of doing tracks like by topic, they do it by beginner, intermediate, advanced or maybe they could color coordinate the tracks to be beginner, media. And it. I mean, that's just getting crazy. But like it's kind of hard because every year, new, you know, there's 500 new podcasters and a thousand that came last year that heard Lex Freeman say in his talk, I said this last year. I mentioned this last year. Right. I said this last year. I mentioned this last year. Like nothing new to report, then don't have him be a speaker. Right. 
You know, that just doesn't make sense. Like have someone else who like where happened to Sarah Von Mosel? Like she used to work for M- uh, NPR NYC and now she's ahead of um, ACAST. Right. And she's doing crazy monetization shit with ACAST. Like somebody new would be good. And Not you know, the same people every time. So, so here's a question, Jess, about that. So if you were splitting up the tracks, because I did hear that comment as well, but I was left kind of speechless. Like I was thinking like, poor Jared and Dan, man. When somebody goes like, it was way too focused on beginner stuff. And I was like, okay, so what's an advanced session like? What what is that? Oh, come on. Okay. Uh, advanced session would be how to up level your audio. You've been doing this for a while. Like here are some mics that you can invest in. Here are some exact ways. I mean, and I, I'm talking out of my ass because now I, I mean, I have the sessions in front of me, right. but I mean, it's like a grid of text. I have no idea what I'm, I mean, okay. So, okay. So let's, let's just go on. Um, okay. Edison data, meet the podcast. Finally. Okay. How podcasting became content marketing, rock the podcast from the other side. Yeah. I mean, like some of that is like, yeah, how to be a good guest, how to be a good interviewer. But like, what if you've been doing that for three years already? So like, what, what, yeah, like so what's what you're next- asking is what would you and I want to hear? Yeah. About? What would okay. be like, what would be like, be like, oh my God, that's great. That I'd like to learn that. Like, what, it, what does that look like? Creating content. Okay, you and I could probably create our a, a, an addition. How about how to create additional shows without killing yourself? Because you and I, I mean, I have a new show with John. And then also I'm talking about starting one with Ramona. Mm-hmm. And then also I'm talking about co-hosting on another one with some guy that someone introduced me to. So that'll be like four or five shows. Right. How can I do that and still run a business? How can I do right. that and not dilute my brand? How can I do that? Now that now you've caught the podcasting bug, how do you do it over and over? Is it scalable? Do you need a network? Like, um, and who would be great at that? Daniel Lewis, because he has like 12 shows that right. he does or whatever. And and Kevin Smith has 12 shows that he does. And He's Relay, managed to do you it. Know, Relay FM does that. Actually, um, Mike Hurley, the, the guy who runs Relay FM, he actually does host. He actually starting a whole new podcast now. I think he does like six. Yeah. Um. And but you know that that's what he's that's like what he's doing. Like he's not running. I mean, the business is the podcast. So I understand wh- wh- what that is. And also, I guess the question is like, wh- should you should you do these? Shows? Yeah. Like, it, yeah. is it worth it? Or, you know, I mean, there's just so many. So this is what I found the play, the person that said this. This is from Kerry Hoffman, the public radio exchange. You might have already read this stuff, but this is the part that actually resonated with me because most of them said about the same thing. That was not like it was sort of like they were very being very political about their answers. It was something like that was really great. Good job. It was to the in the gist of it all. But this mm-hmm. is what Carrie said. She said, PM has exposed our organization to the larger world of podcasting, the exciting trends, and the existing hurdles. The conference is large, and over time, the lack of attendee segmentation will create a programming challenge. That sentence is the one that popped out of me because the, it's true. In fact, I think that's where the key to growing this is going to be because there it's going to be like there's going to be so much and being able to 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 create the the tracks or the segmentation to guide people to what they really want to know is going to be very very important but what's so gray about podcasting is that there are already two hugely different existing tracks which you experienced by going to work it cuz work it is one specific thing they are focusing on one type of podcast. 
Mm-hmm. And one type of development, and one mm-hmm. type of editing, and one type of of design, and one mm-hmm. type of how to do things. Everything is around, and as you could read through all of these things, everything mentioned storyteller, every single one. Well, that's what the theme was this time around. Did you not realize that? No. Yeah, this was a storytelling theme. Well, I completely <laughs> missed that. I don't even know. They didn't exactly like pump it up that way like like i'm part of blog her and you don't even see blog her without seeing experts among us experts among us like this time is a storytelling theme i mean maybe it's subconscious but it's obviously a theme that they went for and i mean if you are going to do that consciously then you should just market it as such i think but yeah it's very much storytelling theme i read it somewhere even Mm. well so good that you uh, picked up on good it. That I picked up on it. Yeah, but everything. Uh, well, see, the thing is with the radio stuff, it's all about that same. It's all about that same thing, and that's what they do well. That's what the radio people do well. They do the storytelling stuff. But like you know, if you get something like a really, really successful podcast in the indie space, like Gamer Tag Radio, you don't think. Like when I when I think about Gamer Tag Radio, I don't think st- a storytelling podcast. They don't storytell. I mean, they st- they tell stories about their games. I mean, everybody tells a story at some point, but it's not. It's really a lot more than that. It's really largely focused on community engagement and news and information and analysis. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not storytelling, but no. that's really the majority of what our the indie podcasts are. The majority of them are like that. And if I try to then change any podcaster like the ones that we have right now, our clients, and say like, you know what, you really need to start to tell more stories. <laughs> when maybe, the, the, maybe the, the core of their podcast isn't storytelling. I just feel like if I was brand new to podcasting, this would be, I would be overjoyed at this event. It would cover everything. But because we're newer, or older, I mean, I mean, what do we want to, what do you want to learn? How to market better? I mean, the system, I mean, John and Kate did a systems workshop. Yeah. That probably would have been helpful for us. Like yeah, how I to think implement that, you know what, I heard really, systems. I heard wonderful things about that. I think that stuff like that, where you really start to get to the nitty gritty of how, because it's a lot a of- double session, but yeah. I think we could probably use more of that too. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, Sorry. No, no. But that you're right. I think that it would have been fantastic to do more workflows, things that will support, yeah. instead of thinking like how to make your, how to podcast and how, like, what if you already have your baby, like- it's everything's like you already have everything that you need to be incredibly successful, but you are missing little bits and pieces that are outside. And this is the, the key. They're outside of the podcasting space. They have more yeah. to do with marketing, setting up systems, just like you were talking about, you know, productivity, um, great. Uh, outsourcing, like, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. You know what? What I learned both... Okay, I had three clients with you. I had about five clients outside of working with you this past week. And I never had that many clients bunched up in a row before. So I really started to see a pattern in what they're struggling with. And I will tell you guys listening, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the number one thing... You don't even know you, you, you have it wrong, which is why you're not even going to be able to tell me. The number one thing that every single client has missing is the marketing. The first thing I do is go on their website. If there's no opt-in, then I listen to their show. There's no call to action in the intro, no call to action in the outro. Almost every single time. Sometimes there is, 
<clears throat> but the call to action is too long or too short right. or doesn't help them achieve whatever goal they're trying to yep. achieve, which is grow their email list. That's great. Why are you having them follow you on your Facebook page? It makes no sense. Tell them to sign up for your this or that or, you know, or start doing a Facebook ad for your this or that or find a way to promote the this or that, you know, like the marketing is almost always missing. And so it's kind of nice that I have a marketing background and I can like point that shit out. But what I'm saying is like those are the pieces like they don't need to know how to be confident behind them. I mean, they do. But that's because beginner. New, that's beginner. Right. Well, see, that's the beginner but aspect. Those of us of it. who already grew a right. set right. of ovaries now need to figure out, like, how do I get more people to pay attention exactly. to this? And if the answer is not if you have a half hour show, change it to 15 minutes and do two shows a week. That's a stupid answer. Right. It is. <laughs> the answer is to start promoting the stuff that you're doing, having generic content, putting stuff in a queue that rotates. <clears throat> growing your Twitter list using like a automation thing like manage Flitter or something. I mean, you want everything to grow organically. Yes. But you know, not if you're in a hurry because you need to make money. That's when you decide, okay, I'm going to follow all the women podcasters that have tweeted in the last 30 days. Yeah. That would grow our audience. Right. Elsie. I mean, like uh, if they don't follow us back, you cut them and start over. I mean, you probably are cringing right now in your seat because it's so unorganic. But, you know, if that's the audience that we want, go after them. Go after the people that you want and, and do it quickly. Right. Otherwise, it just takes forever. We've been podcasting for two years. Our Twitter's like 900. That's ridiculous. That's organic. <laughs> that's why we make money on other things besides Twitter. Well, because it, it is. It, it's true. It takes time to do stuff like that. And that's why I was thinking like you also. And then the other thing is that you have to go specifically to where your audience is. You cannot. And I understand that we're in a, in a digital world. But see, my like when I work with clients, I start to think about like what is going to make you that one? What's going to get you like a core like 10 to 20 new listeners that are going to be your advocates from now on? Yeah. The ones that cannot shut up about you, because those are the ones that are going to grow your audience. Those are the ones that are going to do it. And usually they're the ones that are right ne next door. Oh, my God. What about that guy, Elsie, who came up to our Q&A and was like, um, I'm partnered with these brilliant large companies to run their community and their Facebook page. But like he goes, but I hate oh my God, Facebook. Yeah. What do I do? And I basically was like, you suck it up. <laughs> is what you do get comfortable with facebook and swallow it down and never bring it up again do it and that's that you're supposed to be running their community what do you want ning you want slack you want something else everyone's on facebook they're already on facebook you just have to deal i'm mm -hmm. sorry yeah my apologies he did come after afterwards to talk with me more yeah me too know? and i was like and because i think he really was interested and i was like dude you're gonna have to find somebody how do you find them you gotta engage yep you have to engage you have to see your community members you have to you know you got to feel their vibe oh you and i t you know why he came to talk to you because he talked to me first and i said go find elsie she found a way to turn off the news feed and just go in there for the groups and interact with the groups that's why she's got 6800 comments and posts and the rest of us only have like three thousand. that's right because she turned off the feed. If I could turn off my feed, I'd be a lot more productive in there, too. Right. And so he was like, oh, that's a good idea. And that's probably why. He, yeah, I mean, he did. He I'm came assuming. in and he asked yeah. me that. And I was like, I was just sh showing him about how I network through there. But yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we are running a little bit long here. So um, sorry. But you know what, guys? We have a Patreon page that we're going to, thanks to uh, John Buchanan, our wonderful, wonderful producer, who is. What did he do? I fucking designed no, it. No, 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 no. He gives giving. I'm telling them that he gave me this idea. I'm kidding. I'm joking. He didn't put the. I'm Patreon joking. Page. I love All right. John. So anyway, I was loving on John. 
Keep going. He's fantastical. <sighs> so anyway, he gave me this idea because right before we started recording. <laughs> Hi, John. <laughs> Hi, John. So while, while we were recording, he, you know, we, we, and before we were recording, we were talking and we went off on some of the Audible stuff and we kind of went behind the scenes and I was like, what should we do with this? And he goes, why don't you put it in as like bonus content for our Patreon page? And I think that's what we're going to start to do. So we're going to start to grab like all of the pre-show stuff and all of the things that don't make it into the show, which may or may not be related to podcasting conversation. Sometimes it's just going to purely be random behind the scenes stuff that is going to be part of the Patreon page. And you will get that for as little as $1 a month. So no, you, there will be a link. Make it what? make that part $5. All right. Okay. $1 a month. Whatever, dude, come on. All right. Still. $1 Sign a month. up. We can do it. Sign up. We'll put the link in the show notes. Patreon. I don't even know what it is. Patreon.com slash you podcast, I would assume. But if it's not that, just click the link in the show notes and you will go there. So, um, and if you have any feedback like we got, uh, please email, uh, sh- uh, what is it? Uh, feedback at shepodcast.com. Yes. <laughs> feedback at shepodcast.com. Uh, or speakpipe, speakpipe.com slash shepodcast so we can get wonderful audio from you like Jessica Rhodes did from Interview Connections because she did such a lovely job and her voice sounded so fantastic. Always. So we cannot wait from, to hear from you guys. And um, talk to you soon. Talk oh, to you in a week. Bye. Love you. Mean, mean it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. John's rushing us off stage. I know what is up. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye bye. <laughs>